2: Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
3: You're listening to the Jason Greger show presented by playalberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense, stay within your limit, go to gamesense.ab.ca and learn more. And join us. But how you doing?
4: I am really, really good. And uh, hope the same for you. I was listening to the, uh, uh, discussion on Robin Brownlee. And, and I, I know that's a gut punch and, you know, you wrote a, a fantastic article to hear the different stories about Robin. As I, as I tagged on to you yesterday, just, uh, just always, always enjoyed my interactions with Robin. Really sad to hear that news.
3: Yeah, it was a uh, very sad, uh, Robin, big loss for our community and our show. And, you know, John Short was a real legend for many, many years covering uh, yep. sports at all levels. It was great. Um, Craig, you and John would, uh, you know, because you cover the NHL's passion. He's a cover, you know, junior. And I think that's what I always respected about John, right? You you give it the same level of respect, right? It's young guys trying to do their best. And you just had your your most recent uh, rankings come out. And I saw you on Twitter explaining that, hey, you know what? The the rankings today, you know, some people like, oh, why don't you have this guy here? And I liked your explanation. Like, hey, if I don't have a full analysis on a guy, I'm not just going to plop him in because that's what the public wants.
4: Well, I mean, I, I I think that that's the right way to do it. It's the way that I'm comfortable doing it. And I know that people you know, look and go, oh, geez, how come he doesn't have that player there? And I'm working towards it. I'm working towards to try to bring notoriety to the players, try to feel comfortable in my assessment so that when I do do it, that I have a level of confidence. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree with it, but I I need to have a level of confidence. And I used an example from last year. It's not the only example I could use, but certainly, you know, I I know how, how much these players work. Uh, to try to achieve their their dreams of playing in the NHL, and certainly, uh, you know, we have a platform at TSN, and I I don't want to be negligent in any way, shape, or form. But and, and at the same time, I want the players to know, hey, hey, listen, it's nothing you 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 did or didn't do. I, I'm just still in the process of working towards that, that that comfort level of saying, hey, yeah, here's where I think uh, it, it, you fit, and, and you know, I want to make sure that I explain that to mostly the players because the players are sacrificing a lot to try to move along towards their dreams.
3: So you look, you know, and you just, I I, want to, because I can't remember, I'm pretty certain, but I don't want to put words in in your mouth, Craig, but, you know, your analysis from the World Juniors, and, you know, because it's a short tournament, Right Now, it is a lot of the best players. Now, some of them, you know, there's very few draft-eligible players in the tournament. So that's why I'm always to tell people, I'm like, well, the World Juniors. I'm like, but the World Juniors doesn't really change the rank. It's a whole bunch because there's not that many guys because it's really an 18- and 19-year-old tournament for the most part.
4: It is absolutely that's what it is, and so I mean you go last year and you watch Conor Bedard play, and he's like he's lights out brilliant, <clears throat> and that's not a surprise. He he he's a generational player, so we shouldn't be surprised about that. But the the overwhelming majority, and you know, players not named Conor Bedard or Macklin Celebrini, Connor McDavid, you know, those are the players that uh, the the rest of the players are. It's hard. It, it's all. I just I've watched this tournament for years, as you have Jason. Good players go to that tournament, and they find out how hard it is. So now we're going to take players in their draft year, and now we're going to, oh, he played good, therefore he's good, or he didn't play good, therefore he's not good, because the latter is more common than the aforementioned. (laughs) It's hard to go there. Top players at 19 years of age go there and have their own individual struggles. So I I, I don't look at it. I I look at it as just, okay, what have I gleaned from that tournament from the draft-eligible players, and what am I going to, to do with that information to add on as I move forward?
0: now craig it's uh, minus 37 here in edmonton and you and i are both members of the we don't wear socks club and i just need you to know one brother to another i'm not wearing any socks today even though it's minus 37 thoughts on that
4: well i i, I admire your uh, courage i Thank admire you. your bravery uh did you have to drive anywhere one day
0: i did indeed so i did drive in without okay. any socks on
4: Okay. 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 Then that's, the then that's a different level of courage. The wind chill is, is like near and minus 50. And it, it, as we all know, it's cold and people go, what's the difference between minus 40 and minus 50? I don't know. They're both really cold, but uh, again, I, I, in full, I went over to the Calgary Hitman game today at 12 noon here in Calgary. Spokane was in town. Uh, I did wear socks. You did wear I, socks. I did wear, I did wear socks. Uh, you know, I, I felt it was necessary. I, I, how far I, I did you walk? You How far I was hope, the distance I, I hope you don't look at me differently because I wore socks. Well, I
0: think you walked words. a fair... Was it a distance you had to walk outside? Like, was it a couple blocks? Yes. That's outrageous. Good thing you wore socks. Even even I have to draw the line <laughs> somewhere. I think that uh when you look at Robin's contributions to our site, it shouldn't be overlooked that, like, he was the first real media, we'll say, to join Oilers Nation. And the level of faith he took in two weirdos that walked through. I wouldn't be sitting here today talking with uh, you and talking with Jason Gregor, certainly had Robin not uh, believed in us. So I want to thank him uh, on our interview for everything he did for us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things with Robin is, is I think what made him, you know, special is that he wanted to engage with people. He didn't look at anybody as weird. He said, okay, what do you have to offer? And I want to hear what you have to say. And, you know, and then you could have a really good dialogue with them. And certainly, you know, those, those elements of, of, of respect, of hey, I, I can get better by opening my mind to whoever I come across. That that to me was always Robin, and you know, again, I I I'm lucky I, over the years many 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 interactions with Robin, but not only were they warm, and not only were they uh, ones you you said, geez, it's great to see you, Robin. You also left there knowing that hey, you know what whether it be something you learned that was significant or something a little, you always left feeling that it it was a good interaction and that you were better because of it.
3: Greg Button joins us. Uh, Craig, we're at a time. The Winnipeg Jets are in first place in the National Hockey League coming up on a week. It's been the greatest week ever for Jets fans because they've never been the top of the NHL standings. Uh, they just set a franchise mark, a eighth consecutive win in a row. Seattle tied their franchise record last night, eighth consecutive win in a row. Edmonton tied their franchise record with their ninth consecutive win going for 10 tomorrow. Florida's won nine in a row. Like there's four really hot teams. And you know, you got, you got Vegas kind of struggling, although they did get a big win. Uh, last night, uh, we're really only at the halfway point of the season, Craig, and man, there's a lot that's happened, but the, but the Edmonton orders have really rebounded, put themselves back in the hunt. They're only three points back of LA. They're eight back of Vegas, but they have four games in hand. Like the, the race for, for the Pacific Vancouver's got a little bit of a lead right now, but the race in the Pacific looks like it's great. And Edmonton's right back in it.
4: Well, they are back in it. I, I I felt that when they got rolling, okay, wild card, no doubt. I never doubted that they'd be a wild card team. Well, when you go seventeen and three in your last uh, twenty games, and you're playing as well as the Edmonton Oilers, you better set your sights higher. And I think that that's absolutely what they did. It was it was interesting. You know, that they go into Detroit yesterday, and you know, I they're playing Calvin Pickard, and I said, well, if I'm Derek Lalonde, I'm going to tell my team before the game. Uh, you know what? Here's what they think of us. They they don't think that we're good enough to, to face their number one goaltender, Stuart Skinner. And then, what did the Oilers go and do? Oh boy, like, I mean, it was a 3 uh, 2 overtime win, it, it may as well have been 15 2. Mm-hmm. Because the Oilers, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, if you're the Detroit Red Wings, you're going. Whew, we got a point out of that game. How did we do that? Boy, were the orders impressive in that one. And you know what I loved about it too? Just, you know, watching it. There was a lot of games on last night. I was doing some Winnipeg intermissions and so watching a couple of screens. Edmonton just stayed with their game. They stayed. That's what they weren't doing when they were 5 12 and 1. They weren't, they were pressing. Now they're just here. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna win this game. It'll take. It might take us. It might take us overtime. But we're gonna win it, and we're gonna keep playing the same way. I think that's a really, really good, strong signal to how well the Oilers are playing.
3: Yeah, and the other one is uh, McDavid's only been in on 40% of their goals during the uh, winning streak. And for top scores, like 40% is kind of the norm, you know. <laughs> Kucherov's at 49, but, you know, you look at Nylander right now in Toronto and you look at Pasternak and McKinnon and Panarin, they're all 43 uh, Pedersen is, I, I think, and, uh, and Miller at 37. Uh, you know, the Canucks are scoring a lot of goals right now. But, you know, in the, like, McDavid's had years where he was 48%, 49%, 53%. Like, the, to be at 41 on the season and 40 during the winning streak kind of shows to me that A, the orders have, uh, have got more depth than ever before. And B, the other thing, Craig, though, they figured out how to play defense. Like they don't, like you talked about Detroit game last night. They didn't give up a lot of chances and Paul Coffey, what he's done to their back end and building their confidence and instructing them to make plays is, is a massive change. The one I haven't seen from, from a team midseason in quite some time and how they play defensively with the puck.
4: Yeah, well, and and, and again, that defensive play, I I think I really believe that defensive play is is about a mindset and and saying that you want to do it and you will do it and then understanding how to do it well. And and you point out about Paul making the uh, we're going to make plays, but we're not going to force plays. And, and and we're going to make plays that that are not going to put us in peril where we're chasing things and, and now we're vulnerable defensively again. I'll go back to the to the first dozen and a half games where it just seemed that it, like the Oilers were chasing everything. Defensively, they get behind and now they're gonna now they're gonna make sure they make up for it in one shift. And and Paul has really settled things down back there. And when when, when defensemen. And and forwards are connected and they understand, Okay, listen, I'm just going to do this. There's no play there. Okay, we're just going to get on to the next play. I really see a a rhythmic team with respect to, hey, we're, we're coming out of our zone like this. Defensemen pick up their head. They know where the forwards are. The forwards can expect the puck in a good spot. Nobody's chasing out of position. There's just a real strong steadiness to their overall defensive play. There's a commitment to it, and, and, and there's a really good discipline to it, but there's also a, a significant steadiness in, in, in their approach to playing it. And I, I think that, you know, when you're playing a game, you got to be comfortable playing in low-scoring games, tight games. That's what the Edmonton Oilers have shown me. And just quickly back to your depth, I've always been concerned about the Edmonton Oilers' depth in the forward group but, you know, Evander Kane hasn't produced at the same level offensively. But they, they, they do look like a, a deeper team up front. And, and certainly uh, that's encouraging for Oilers fans.
3: Well, the one thing for the Oilers, Craig, I think it's obvious when, like, everybody's, keep, hey, upgrade Cody Ceci. I'm like, yeah, okay, who? Right? Like, it's easy to say it, it's much harder to do it. Um, I think it gives you good value. He's a pretty good player. But I, they don't play their fourth line very often. And I think they would like to add some dimensions to their fourth line, number one. And, you know, Corey Perry could be that guy, Craig. I think he's going to be highly sought after because he's going to cost you nothing to get. And it's going to be a low AAV. And he was playing well in Chicago. You know what? If he's got his life on track off of the ice, that, uh, you know, this guy could be a a pretty big addition. Would you have any hesitation bringing Corey Perry into your organization down the stretch? Zero.
4: Zero zero on if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, his his winning pedigree, his attitude, you know, as you're trying to win, you got to keep in mind that Corey Perry walking into the room isn't the Corey Perry MVP, Corey Perry, but he still has a voice and he still has an on-ice persona and an on-ice determination. And so when things, and, and, and with those players, I think really become valuable, to a team, and I'm going to use the Edmonton Oilers, it's like, hey, just stay with it. Don't worry. Or, you know what, we got to be better here. And and who's not going to listen to Corey Perry? I I, I said this previously, and I, I've said it often. You know, we had some great players when I was in Dallas and everything, but Mike Keene and Brian Scroodland were as instrumental in driving that team because they had won, and they knew what it took to win, and they weren't afraid to tell everybody it ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. you got to be better than that. And I think that, that, you know, we can look at, okay, how much will he score?
0: I'm Sandra,
3: and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given
0: month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
3: Get up to
0: 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
4: They need him on the power play. Corey Perry will add massive value just with his presence on and off the ice.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, I would agree with that. Uh,
4: Craig, always good to catch up with you, man. Stay warm, and uh,
3: we will chat with you next Friday.
4: Yeah, we will. Thanks uh, for having me.
0: only from rustolium
1: target.